You know what? I don't even know if they want to face the problem. Not just the problem that's affecting the current team, but the franchise, the future. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is an especially exasperated edition of Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Jaguars 20, Steelers 10. I'd be lying if I told you that score was even remotely reflective of the proceedings at hand. This offense is so abysmal that I don't know for a fact, and hear me out on this, that the Steelers haven't in some way, shape, or form conceded that it sucks and it's going to continue to suck. And because of that, they're just kind of working around it. Hear me out on that because I know it sounds ridiculous. But when you witness the offense going three and out on the first four possessions, gaining a combined nine yards in the process. And that's not viewed by the head coach as the reason that your team lost the game. Never mind the impact on, you know, not scoring and field position and everything else here. How about just leaving your defense on the field all damn day? How about just that alone? How about watching a defense get three takeaways, two forced fumbles and fumble recoveries and an interception in the end zone? And also, not to be forgotten, the Jaguars got into the red zone on three separate occasions. The Steelers stopped them all three times and you lose that game by 10 points and you don't think that the four three and outs at the beginning were what cost you the game? You think I'm making this up? Here, listen, I asked the head coach that actual question afterward. Mike, how much do those early three and outs set a, a, a tone, including having your defense the, the on the field? The early portions of the game doesn't decide the outcome. Um, it doesn't. It, 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 it usually doesn't. It didn't today. Um, obviously, you want more fluid starts, but it didn't determine the outcome of the game. Um, as I mentioned, I thought the critical things were the things that transpired in the second half, uh, the long score, the, the, the turnover, things you can't do um, as you leaned in on, on the last portion of a football game if this were an isolated answer on this subject i'd be like okay you know tough game whatever else he's got a lot of different things on. he answers the questions that are asked of him about the offense the same way every single time win or lose you've been listening to this show long enough to maybe recall that in Las Vegas, I asked him three separate questions about the offense. All three were, yeah, all you want to talk about is the offense. All everybody wants to talk about is the offense. How else am I to interpret that? 
that, that uh, approach, that attitude, that mindset, whatever it is that you want to call it, other than that he just doesn't want to deal with it. It's so bad that he doesn't even want to consider it a factor. Why? Well, because in the second half, the Steelers were still within X number of points, and all they had to do was stop Trevor Lawrence on this drive or not allow Travis Etienne to bust open that 56-yarder down the right sideline or get a call from the officials or whatever. But the four three and outs, you heard him. That that didn't influence him. Look at how much time this defense is spending on the field, not just in this game, all season. All season. They're out there all the time. And Minka Fitzpatrick gets hurt. Levi Wallace gets hurt. Joey Porter Jr. gets hurt. Cam Hayward's still hurt. Reach around and knock or something. But T.J. Watt's still on the field being dominant. Count every blessing in the book that he's still playing. Given all the time he's spending on the field and that Alex Highsmith is spending on the field. Why? Because of those three and outs. Because of this brutal, embarrassing offense. Why set it aside? Why shove it into the corner? Because it's a really unpalatable subject for him. I have no doubt about this. And that might just be because he realizes something else. Oh, you guys are going to hate this part. But I'm sorry, it has to be said. What if the head coach just looks at this offense and looks at the key personnel on this offense and realizes that you know it's it's kind of got limitations. It's not a very high ceiling. The quarterback has now played 20 NFL games. Do you feel more strongly about Kenny Pickett today than you did, I don't know, a month ago? How about a year ago when everybody was sky high? He was terrible yesterday, having nothing to do with Matt Canada. He was terrible, independent of all else. What about Najee Harris? Does this even look like a starting NFL running back to you? Never mind a first rounder and budding star? You know that ATN was drafted the same year, 2021, five slots, just five slots behind Najee. If you had just parachuted in out of nowhere into Akersher Stadium and watched that game yesterday, which running back are you taking? I mean, in a heartbeat, which running back are you taking? Not even close. Etienne's a horse. He's a guy you can you can ride into something significant. And if, I'm only saying if here, I'm not forecasting anything. I'm certainly not wishing for anything of this effect. But if Kenny and Najee, either of them or both, aren't it? You realize what's going to happen, right? The whole process hits the giant reset button. And when it does that, 
TJ's getting longer in the tooth. Cam's not around anymore. Minka's getting up there in years for a secondary guy. And this whole thing goes kablooey. So, yeah, on that upbeat note, when we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. J1Q, unsurprisingly, won't exactly lift anybody's spirits. Michael says, DK, Kenny Pickett is the 30th ranked quarterback in the NFL right now. Who cares if he misses a game or not? Well, first and foremost, before uh, anyone takes any of this as being insensitive, uh, dude's got a busted rib. That really hurts. You know, now they're not identifying it as such, but I can tell you that it was a real struggle for him in the locker room, just doing ordinary things, you know, just getting ready to leave the room. Um, that's, that's tough. And I mean that in the literal sense. That's toughness. Uh, I really admire this kid. I don't wish that he's not the guy on so many levels. The Pittsburgh Steelers are, a stronger franchise if the quarterback they have in place is, in fact, their quarterback moving forward. And Kenny, as he's already shown to his considerable credit, has intangibles galore. That's not routine. That's not easy to find. It's a trait unto itself. But you also got to be able to play the position on a consistent basis. This whole first quarter, second quarter thing, it, it's not funny anymore. You know, it's not cute. It's not cuddly. It's not the stuff that's going to get you syrupy headlines or anything like that because, yay, we did it. And you know what? If he'd stayed in the game and the Steelers had somehow pulled off another fourth quarter, whatever, and, and that's possible given how the defense performed. Bending, but not breaking. They kept the Steelers in the game with all those takeaways. And even when Mitch Trubisky hit George Pickens and Pickens blew through those two dudes at the end, they were still in the game. If Kenny's out there and Kenny's doing that, we're all going, oh, it's just Kenny. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, look at. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's been 20 games. It's been 20 games. He needs to start showing a real arrow up level of progress. Not just this 
one week up, one week down, one quarter up, one quarter down, a whole half of absolutely nothing, and then some big plays in the fourth. No, 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 no. It has to change. And you can't lay everything on Matt Canada. And I don't mean to be excusing or exempting Canada from criticism on this. He did some dumb things yesterday, too. But when you see the four three and outs begin with Deontay Johnson and two drops, and yes, I know one of them was on a no play, but it was still a drop. And Deontay himself told me I should have had both of them. I'm thinking about both of them right now. Deontay comes back and has eight catches. Okay, that's a pretty healthy rebound. George makes a play on the TD. Calvin Austin did a couple of things when he was called upon. From a running standpoint, they still didn't throw it to him. But when your quarterback throws behind a wide receiver who's wide open enough that no one would have caught COVID from him if this was like peak of COVID, that's how open Deontay was. Kenny throws behind him, like way behind him. Deontay slips in trying to reach back for it. And everyone's like, oh, no, look, Deontay slipped. No, Deontay slipped because the throw was awful. Kenny missed George on a corner route. Nice, simple touch on the ball was all it would have taken. Instead, he puts up this college-like floater that gave Jacksonville's defensive back a year and a half to get back there and swat it away like it was nothing. That's not okay. Najee Harris approaching the line of scrimmage like he's Le'Veon Bell or something. Not okay. Not okay. The way these plays are drawn up, you got to hit the holes. Everyone tells him that. His linemen tell him that. You better believe Canada tells him that. And he's just kind of, I'll get there when I get there. I'm going to take my good old time because I'm just that important. And yeah, he has a lot of that in him, by the way, off the field. Which I only bring up here because it shows in situations like this on the field. Whereas you give Jalen Warren the ball and it's boom! He might not break them all, but you don't have to wonder whether or not he's giving it everything he's got. So what are you doing? What are you doing? Last three first round picks. Najee Kenny and Broderick Jones. Jones can't get on the field right now. He came onto the field when Dan Moore went down for part of a series with a leg injury. Somebody rolled up on him. I think he's going to be fine. Jones goes out there. You know what they did? They put Connor Hayward right next to him, just like grafted him next to Jones, shoulder to shoulder. Why? I don't know. That's not a question that any of them would ever answer. But it's not a great sign of what they think of him. It's a lot of first-round picks. It's a really, really, really big reset button. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll see, you know. There's another one in three days. We'll see. 